Okay, here we go. So uh, John chapter 8, verse 1, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law. Now, if you don't mind underlining or circling, I want you to be able to underline those two words, religious law. All right, this is a big deal. All right, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who'd been caught in the act of adultery. Now, I want you to notice they didn't bring the dude. And lest you maybe don't understand, it takes two to do this. And, but they brought her. And I'm not really sure how these religious people did that, but they caught her. And they put her in front of the crowd. And here's another couple of big words. They put her in front of the crowd. All right, so religious people caught her put her in front of the crowd. So far, we're, we're, not, we're not really doing great here. And teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. Okay, so here's a couple other keywords: the law of Moses, and then kind of a big emphasis on law right there, okay? The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? So this is, this is a big deal. Like the what do you say right here is a pretty good lesson for all of us. So here's a lady that uh, guilty as charged, caught in the act, brought, remember where, where Jesus was headed to teach, the temple. And so this lady caught in her sin is brought just outside the church on the sidewalk out here so that everybody on the way in can see her. And uh, the religious people who caught her have said, hey, the law says that we can all grab these rocks and we can put her in front of the wall and we can just rear back and chuck them and we can hit her with rocks until she's dead. How cool is this? And then they ask, but what do you say, Jesus? Which, by the way, is not a bad thing to ask throughout the day for us. You wake up in the morning and say, but what do you say, Jesus? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus. Now, these two words right here, this is some powerful stuff because uh, you pick any instance in the world, you pick any challenge in the world, and you say, well, I'll tell you one thing. The politics in America, they're just shot, but Jesus is bigger than that. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with America, but Jesus is bigger than that. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I need a new spouse, but Jesus can fix that. Well, my kids, but Jesus can fix that. Well, I'll tell you my church, but Jesus can fix that. You say, well, okay, Chuck, so is that, is that the big tell on the day? Well, it's part of it. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And, and all of a sudden, it, it gets pretty, it, it's pretty quiet all up in there. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Wouldn't you like to know what he wrote? I mean, truly, wouldn't you like to know what Jesus has now for the second time stooped down into the dust to write? I mean, we don't know. I read a bunch of stuff this past week of what people thought he wrote, but we don't really know. Now, I think I've told you this before, but I... I think if, if this is how I see Jesus, they've brought this lady probably naked, caught in her sin, 
They're ready to start chucking rocks at her and kill her. They want to catch Jesus and what he thinks about the law. And his story is, well, okay, if you're going to keep pressing to get an answer, I'm going to sit down right here with this lady, and I'm going to write a little something in the desk. And I think what he wrote was this, watch this. <laughs> and then I think when he, when he got down the second time, he said, no, really, watch this. And he says, so when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, proving there's wisdom and age, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Now, here we go again. Left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. So if you're wondering today, I, wherever I'm at, Chuck, I, real, I, I would like to move forward in my life. I'd like, I would like my life to be better. I'd like my life to move forward. I'd like to make better choices. I want a better marriage. I want a better family. I want a blah, 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 blah. Whatever that is, however you want to move forward, the challenge is who are you going to go forward with because you can't do it on your own. I mean, the foolish myth that we are self-made men and women is just crazy. How are we going to move forward? Well, this lady needed to move forward. I think we'd all agree with that. This lady was in a mess. I mean, she, she is, she's before the whole world, guilty of sin, literally. And then when Jesus says, hey, for all of you folks who have never done anything wrong, you go ahead and hang on to the rock. So I want to give each of you a virtual rock today. Would you take your hand and put it like this? Here, I want to hand this to you. Would you receive it? Okay, great. And I'd hold it like this. For some of you have got a heavier rock. It's like, oh, okay. So hang on to that. All right. So any of you that are perfect, go ahead and stand up. Rear back and chuck that imaginary rocket, whoever you want to, right now. Go. Okay, so basically the same percentage at 930, right? So all of us, we just drop the rock. We just drop the rock. Go ahead, drop it. Then Jesus stood up again. He said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Not even one of them. No, Lord, and now this is the big word. No, Lord. It wasn't no teacher, no rabbi, no, hey, wise person. This wasn't, hey, no uh, podcaster, no book writer. No, it was this one keyword, no, Lord. I, I, she recognized that this was the one person who had paid the price to offer her a way forward from where her life was right now. And no, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. So here she was brought before everybody. This is like a Netflix original. I mean, you have bad guys who are powerful that are abusing the power. You got sexy sins that are going on. You got guys that are going to go have a beer and talk about the conquest. You got men who are going to talk about men who went and had the conquest. You got wives that are going to get together and talk about what the men told the wives about how the conquest happens. And then all of a sudden, we need a hero. And Jesus steps in. And what we find is Jesus steps in as Lord. I don't know about you, but... I'm, my life at times to move forward, I need a hero. I need somebody to step into my life that would say, you know, Chuck, wherever you're stuck right now, I need to be able to move forward. Chuck, don't you want to move forward? Don't you want to head in a direction? That's good. This is the gospel, but it ought to cause us to look at two unique lessons in our life. And, and I really believe this is a big deal. Number one, let's recognize that we, like this woman, we've all been and are all like her. We are guilty as charged guilty. 
You have some Chuck, I've never done what she did. Okay, but the scriptures also say that should you think about how you want to kill someone, you've already committed murder. Based on that, I have earned 17 life sentences since Thursday. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. Some of you have had a bank heist 12 times this week. You have completely slaughtered that kid that lives next to you. I'm basically in a room with thieves, liars, cheats, and murderers. And you'd say, but now, Chuck, I'm no liar. Well, you just became one. I mean, we're, we're on a roll here. We're, we're just like her. But now watch this. This is, gets better. But Jesus is always ready to stand by your side, offer you hope, provide forgiveness for you, and move forward with you. When everybody else walks out, he's the one person that's left for you. He's the one that's standing with you. And he's the one that says, now let's go. So when he looks at her and says, "Hun, listen, go put some britches on and sin no more. You're forgiven. You know what he literally says? He says, you're forgiven. Now let's don't do this sin anymore. I mean, listen to me, friend. Jesus knows when you give your life to him, you did not just turn perfect, did you? As a matter of fact, I think the greatest stumbling point that most of us have to get from where we are to Christ are folks that claim they're perfect because of Christ. You're not perfect, you're just forgiven. You're not wonderful, you're just going to heaven. And you look at this and you think, but Chuck, I wanna be perfect, let me just clue you in on this. You can't be. The scriptures say this, for every person on the planet has sinned and come short of God's glory. Now you say, but Chuck, okay, that's a couple of words I don't use all the time. I don't talk about sin. I don't talk about glory. Okay. All of us are perfectly imperfect because we've missed God's standard of perfection. Because of that, God had to find a way and he found it so easy in himself, in Christ, that somebody would pay the price for our imperfection. And Jesus came just like as her, knowing we're guilty as charged, and he said, I can move forward with you because I offer you this one thing nobody else on the planet can offer you. I offer you forgiveness for all your sin, past, present, and future. You see, when, when, when this happens in this lady's life, there's something powerful that's going on. There's, there are two voices that are screaming for her attention. And by the way, there's two voices screaming for your attention right now. There are two voices that'll be screaming tomorrow at three o'clock. There'll be two voices in the boardroom Wednesday at 10 a.m. There are two voices that are screaming for all of us. There's the voice of the critic, which by the way, isn't this the voice that's always loudest in our life? 47 of you can send me a note today and say, Chuck, that was a great sermon. Thank you. That blessed me. And I can have one cat that will send this to me and he'll say, man, what is up with your hair? What's the voice I hear loudest? Yeah. We get to choose every moment of every day the voice of the critic, or we get to choose the voice of Christ. And you make this choice over and over and over, all day, every day. Can I just say to you, the reason why 
I stumble and fritter around with things like depression and why my moods get all funky and why I, I can get totally aloof. All of those things, they're all based in this one huge insecurity. And many of you are just like this, that if I'm not careful, I'll spend my entire life basing every decision on the voice of the critic, and I will forget that the one voice that ought to matter in my life more than anything is the voice that paid for me, the voice that gave me life, the voice that promised me heaven, and the voice that gave me forgiveness because it's the only voice that came for me, died for me, buried for me, rose for me, and has gone to heaven to create a home for me. This is the voice. But I guess I would say... The voice of the critic, the reason it's so loud that it condemns us, that it criticizes us, that it, it is bent to destroy us, to mock us and humiliate us. Have you ever heard of a thing called a word fast? I've been reading about this. It's where you and your team or you and your family or you and your spouse or maybe just you would say this week. And by the way, today would be a great time. At, let's just say 1154 or six. Or nine. It, what a great time to say, I, I am not going to speak words of criticism. I'm not going to speak negative words. I'm not going to speak them to other people. I'm not going to speak them to myself. And you say, well, but what if I have to? Change subject. Yeah, but, but Chuck, I can't find anything good to say. Well, that's your fault. Because... The voice of the critic, I, I don't know anybody, I don't know anybody other than the writer of a play on Broadway that needs a critic. But when I look at what the voice of Christ offers me, I, I see a different picture. He offers me acceptance and forgiveness and hope and protection, and he offers me life. I want that voice in my life. How many of you saw the movie, The Greatest Showman? Everybody said, I love that movie, man. I still, Jenny and I will listen to the, you know, the, 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 the soundtrack. And man, I can, I can sing it. Like when I, got, when I got that thing with me, I was like, I've got it, you know. Now you turn that off and I sound like I can give birth to a calf, you know. But you know what I noticed about, about this show? That there's never a greater class system than there is in a circus. I mean, the whole basis of the movie was that there was some mythical group of people way up here, and way down there was P.T. Barnum. But then, but then below P.T. Barnum, you had like, you know, the bearded lady, and then like the dude with the wolf hair, or this tattoo dude who checked me out at Walmart the other day, <laughs> or like, you know, the tall guy. Have you ever noticed that you don't have to go to a circus to find the class system in America? Often all you do is go to church. No amens on that one, right? Because I'm telling you, we can spot them. You don't dress the right part. You don't talk the right part. You don't drink the right part. You don't eat the right part. You don't hang around with the right part. And you didn't post the right thing on social media. We even eat our own young. We find somebody trying to do something for Jesus, and then we eat them up. Well, I'll tell you one thing, brother. God, you should stop that. Stop it. The, the world's full of critics. Jesus never called you to be a critic, and he never called this church to be full of critics. He called us to be able to point people to Christ. He called us to tell people, you can do this in the power of Jesus the Lord. You can do this in the power of Jesus Almighty. You can do this in the risen Christ. This is what he came to do. 
You say, well, critics want to condemn you. How? Because they want to expose all your failure. Like this, this word right here, this, this could be the theme of my life. I have an earned PhD in failure. I have failed as a dad. I failed as a granddad. I have failed as a husband. I have failed as a pastor. I failed as a business owner. I have failed. You name it, anything I've attempted at at some point, I have failed. You know what's great? I wasn't left standing alone. Jesus said, come on, let's move forward. If you're there today, you know what I promise you he's saying? The critic doesn't have to condemn you with failure. You can listen to Christ who confronts our sin with love and provides a better way to live. When he looks at this lady, you notice, I don't believe for one second he knelt down and wrote in the ground, you harlot, you hussy. I don't believe for one second he did. I think Jesus looked at her and said, I want to give you a better way to live. Well, how should we respond to sin? Well, I, I, think it, I think it's a pretty clear process here. Number one, let's admit that our sinful condition is not cool before God. Romans 3, 23, all of us have come short of God's perfection. You know what God calls that? Sin. Let's admit it. And you say, well, Chuck, there's no consequence to my sin. And you know what? I bet that guy that was with her said that too. But I bet he couldn't explain it to his 15-year-old son. Ouch. You say, well, Chuck, now you've gone to stepping on toes. I want to tell you something, friend. That's not me stepping on your toe. That's Jesus getting in the middle of wherever you're at because he's going to be there when everybody else leaves. Let's admit that our sinful condition is, is, is trouble. Number two, let's acknowledge those consequences. And number three, let's accept the compassion offered by Jesus. Jesus says, hon, listen, I, I'm going to be here to protect you when nobody else is. I'm going to be here when, when everybody else falls apart. I am with you. Take a look at this text. In 1 John 1, 7, it says, if we walk in the light as he, who is he? Jesus. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship. And you say, Chuck, I ain't about that fellowship. Mm -mm. That's one of those words where I got to start calling people sister. I got to call you brother Chuck. I am begging you. Don't do that to me. All right, just look at it this way. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we can have friendship with him, and because of that, we can be at right relationship with one another. That sounds good, doesn't it? And, and this we know, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. Past, present, future, the whole lot. Here's what he says, you are forgiven, go and sin no more. Listen, if you're here today and you say, Chuck, you're at home online, or you're in a hotel, or wherever you're at today, and you say, Chuck, today, I want Jesus to say to me, you're forgiven, go and sin no more. Let me tell you the story of this little girl who came with her family from Cuba. She had terribly broken English. She hadn't learned English well yet, and so in her Spanish, she told a buddy of hers, would you write down my confession? When I get to the U.S., I want to go to a Catholic church, and I want to confess my sin to the priest. And so this girl helped her write it out phonetically, how she could speak in English her sin. And she wrote it all down, one, two, three, four, five. She kept on going, but she memorized the first thing, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And so she got to this English-speaking priest, walked in, sat down in the booth, and she said, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, looked down to read her paper, and it was so dark in the booth she couldn't read it. In her panic-stricken voice, she, she didn't know what to do, and she kind of whimpered a little bit. And the, the priest said, honey, is that it? 
And she said, I can't see my sin. And he said, neither can Jesus. He just wiped it away. Listen to me, friend. That priest doesn't have the power to get rid of it, but Jesus does. I don't have the power to get rid of it, but Jesus does. You don't have the power to get rid of it, but Jesus does. You say today, I, I want him to say of me. My sin is, I can't read it, it's gone. Because you're forgiven, go and sin no more. If that's the desire of your heart, he made it so simple for you. He said, call on the name of the Lord. But Chuck, I don't know how to do, I don't do religious talk. Here's the greatest news I can give you. Neither does he. And he doesn't ask that from you. He simply says, call on me. She didn't, listen, there was no pedigree to her life. There's no religiosity in her life. All she knew to do was to say, Lord. When Jesus says, call on the name of the Lord, that's what he said. Just call it. What did she do? Lord. And you know what it was? Yeah. They all put the rock down. Hun, go get some britches on. You're forgiven. Now let's go and sin no more. Listen, friend, you know what that means? He can do that for you right now. Right now. This moment, this room, right now. You say, Chuck, I'm in. I had, a little, I had a little boy at 9.30. I said, is that what you want to do? He came running down that aisle. He walked over to me. I said, dude, why'd you come? He said, I need that. And I said, what do you need? I need Jesus. Okay, we're in, man. What about you? Do you need to move forward? You say, well, Chuck, what's my takeaway? Well, number one, own it. We've all sinned. None of us are perfect. Number two, I want to move forward. How do I do that? You choose Jesus. Chuck, I want, I want the best year ever. Okay, choose Jesus. If today it's your desire to choose Jesus, Zach and the band are about to sing a beautiful old hymn. I asked him to sing this hymn because I thought to myself, There's, nothing could describe this any better than the song that Amy sang right before and this hymn that we'll sing right after. And I'll promise you, there's nothing magical about walking to an altar or to a pastor. You, you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, you do it right now. And you can say, well, Chuck, I don't know how to do it. Okay, then call on the name of the Lord. I don't know how to do that. Okay, Jesus, thanks for all that stuff he said that you did for me. I want that. Okay, good. That desire of your heart, then claim that. There's got to be more to it, church. And not, not for her, it wasn't. Good enough for her, I promise you, good enough for you. If he's big enough for her, he's big enough for you. By the way, 2,000 years later, he's still doing the same thing. Say, well, when I get to heaven, I want to chat with her. Then you might want to settle that right now. Jesus, thank you that we get to hear from you, to know you, to walk with you, and choose you today. God, I pray that there are men and women and students and kids watching online and in this room right now that in a minute, when Zach, the minute Zach begins to sing, that they just, they just step out of an aisle, they come walk down here and they grab me by the hand or they come to this altar and get on their knees. God, I pray you give people courage and conviction to just be the first person to step out and go. Even somebody right now begin to move and say, I want Jesus. I want to settle it right now. I want forgiveness. I want to move forward in my life. And I want to choose Jesus to do that in my life. And I pray somebody would start moving even right now. And God, we're going to trust you in all this. 
as we claim and know how great your faithfulness is. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Come on, let's stand. You come. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, all it takes is somebody to start moving. Oh God, you need to get on your knees Father, before a holy and a righteous God and say, I want to put the rocks down. I want to start living no for you. Come on. Get to this altar. Today you want to say, I want to trust Jesus. Chuck, I need that in my life. I want to follow Jesus. I want to take that forgiveness. I want to take him up on it. Just come on. Don't wait around. Just come on. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. And great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, you're telling me everybody here, everybody standing here, everything is squared away in your life. Everything with Christ is squared away in your life. Don't leave this place without settling that you've got everything squared away with Jesus. Has he called your name today? Did he look at you and say you're forgiven? Have you settled your business with him today? Don't walk out of here without getting it settled. Don't leave here without that. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today. Sing that chorus, y'all. Come on, church. Great is Come on, church. Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. Man, I believe it, don't you? I believe it. I see and all I have needed thy hand hath provided. Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. You come on, girl. That's what he does. You let him go within you and bring you peace and hope. Let him bring you contentment and joy. Because you see, he is always good and you are always loved. That's why he's always with you. Man, in those days where life has just beat you up, Man, don't wallow in it. Let him come behind you, pick you up, and carry you through the middle of it, not around it. Man, there's no victory in avoiding it. I mean, let him stomp on it through the middle of it. Set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his arms around you so that you might hear your Savior, your King, say to you, my child, say it with me, I love you. Oh, listen, ain't nothing like that. God bless you. Go live in peace.